Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for being with us once again in uh, enjoying these little daily devotions. And we're going to go ahead once again and start with prayer. Uh, prayer for um, our first responders who are out there, um, as well as those who are part of an essential work task force where they are out there uh, being exposed to COVID-19. And also for our church members, those who are feeling the financial effects, um, and those who are um, right this moment struggling with their health, um, we're going to pray. Jesus, Lord, we love you. We worship you. We trust you, Jesus. God, I pray that you watch over our first responders, Jesus. Protect them. I pray, God, for those who are considered essential, that you would also protect those essential workers, Jesus. And I pray, put your hand on them, Jesus. We also pray, God, for the financial needs, Lord, of those who are struggling, Lord, as this um, pandemic, Lord, is um, affecting all parts of our lives. I also pray that you be with us as a church body. Help us, Lord, to connect and be with one another. And I pray, Lord, let us be open with one another. Love you, Jesus. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, today I have a thought. And you probably know the title already because it's already on Facebook Live as well as it's going to be on the sign at church. But bigger is better. It's such an interesting idiom that's always turned around. Well, bigger is always better. When you go somewhere and they do buy one, get one free, you'll always take the other one. It's, it's free. More is better. When you get a free drink, no one ever goes and says, give me the extra small drink. No, you want the extra large drink. It's free. Why not? More is always better. Bigger is always better. You don't want the small things. You want the big things. And one of the stories that brings to mind is of one of the tycoons um, back during the Industrial Revolution named John D. Rockefeller. And he kind of started out back in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. He was a faithful churchgoer. And he fell upon oil and thought that was a great enterprise. Built an oil refinery. Bought another one. It wasn't enough. So he kept buying oil refineries one by one. And the ones that didn't want to sell, well, he, he pushed them down and coerced them into selling and then it kind of continued and continued until to the point where he he controlled 90% of the oil market, which is unheard of. Um, he is, uh, whenever you look at a monopoly, uh, his company is the one that comes up, Standard Oil. Of course, it got spin off to uh, Chevron and uh, a couple of other oil companies that are here today, uh, Exxon. Um, they all came from this one Standard Oil company. Um, but it's... A great picture of bigger is better more you always want more I'm putting my um, my daughter to sleep and she pretty much has the largest room in the house and I'm putting her down we're, we're doing our nighttime routine and you know we're doing our prayer and and she tells me this is kind of our time to kind of talk and she says daddy I think we need I think we need a bigger house <laughs> just moved to this house about three weeks ago because bigger is always better you want big you want the biggest you want more I don't know where this idea came from but it's a very very American idea 
and it's kind of seeps into the church because it's culture we hear it we inhale it it becomes part of our identity at times we feel it's never enough we're never content with just what we have we always want more and the scriptures are very clear about this and Luke chapter 12 verse 13 and here is Jesus he's in the crowd so someone in the crowd says to him teacher Tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, this is Jesus, Man, who made me a judge or an arbiter over you? And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his, his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentiful. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. So he has a, of an abundance of crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my own barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grains and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared, who will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. More in the kingdom world is not better. And this is what happens when this adage, this more is better, bigger is better, becomes part of our life. It creates something. It's called worry. If you read the next verse. And then he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life and what you will eat, nor about your body and what you will put on it. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, and they neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouses nor barns, and yet God feeds them. How much more value are you than birds? And which of you, being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? This is the scriptures. And then... If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Stay home. Everybody's been quarantined. Why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies. How they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But 
If God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat or what you are to drink, nor, there it is, be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. He already knows you need it. He already knows you're anxious. He already knows you're worried. So what is his request? He says, I know all your needs. I know all your requests. I know you're, you're freaking out. I get it. You're anxious. You're worried. But this is the key. This is the key verse. You ready? Verse 31. Instead, seek his kingdom and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you, what? The kingdom. Sell your possessions. Again, I'm still in the scriptures. This is all in Luke chapter 12. I'm on verse 33 now. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourself with money bags that do not grow old with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail. Where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Seek the kingdom. If we fix our thoughts and our mind on seeking the kingdom, our anxiousness, the worry, the fear, the anxiety, it all disappears and we begin to trust in God. And God says, I'll add that to you. I'll add on to that. If you seek the kingdom, if you seek me, because bigger is not better. Bigger creates anxiousness. Wanting more creates more stress. It's overexposing ourselves. We're overexposing what we have. And we put ourselves in a very precarious place. And God says, be content with what you have. And if you seek me, I'll, you know what? I'll give you the entire kingdom. Do you trust this God? This God that says, if you seek me, I will give you peace. And I will give whatever you need. Are we anxious about everything? Are we worried about everything? The world's falling apart. Economies are falling apart because we have to produce so many products. We have to sell so many products. We have to manufacture so many products. We have to sell so many advertising revenues and X amount of dollars and we have to increase sales and all these things and everything's just kind of been put at a standstill and they're freaking out. And here's God saying, bigger isn't better. 
seek my kingdom. And don't worry. Because if you really fix your thoughts on the kingdom of God, everything else will fall into place in the right perspective. Because remember, we live in a culture where you want more. It's not enough. This house is too small. We need a, a house three times its size. Why? I don't know. I don't know why we need a larger house. I don't know why we need so many cars. But that's the American way, right? And God says, that's not my way. Because see, that type of thinking creates anxiety and worry. But my way creates peace, being content, and trusting in your God. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, Jesus, I know I'm, I'm demonstrating worry, Lord, and anxiousness, Jesus, and I'm concerned about finances and food, Lord, and how everything's going to fall into place, Jesus. And your scripture says all I have to do is just seek your kingdom. Put you first, Lord. Make you the priority. And when I do that, Jesus, everything else will fall into place. My perspective changes, Jesus. My relationships change, Lord God. My view on material things change. My view on what I have changes. When I fix my thoughts on you, Jesus. When I put my trust in you, Lord. And I pray, God, that you touch the saints. I pray, God, that you touch America. I pray, God, that you touch everyone out there, Lord God. Let them fix their thoughts on you, Lord. And let us see everything from your perspective. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Join us tomorrow at 7 p.m. again for our daily devotions.